Welcome to the Powered with Love podcast, the podcast that brings to you what's working on the coalface from people within our community who are defying the odds. The podcast that gives you the ability to power your life with love. I'm the host, Stephen Cromedy, and let's get stuck into today's edition. The director of the of REA for 10 years, Steve Carroll. Welcome, Steve Carroll. Well, welcome, Stephen. And of course, I'm no longer the director, uh, but I was uh, the director of sales up until November last year. So joined REA in 2009. And what I'd like to uh, point out is when you joined, the share prices were under $10. When you left 10 years later, they were over $100. So a lot changed in that space in 10 years. In addition to that, you've been working in this space uh, since 2001. So you've got a good handle, not only on where it's come from, but the level of development and the speed as to which things are moving. So, uh, so Steve, being an expert in the field that you're in, there's no better person to talk to about the topics we're going to talk to today than yourself. So let's get in and uh, and let's probably start by getting an understanding as to where things are happening with off-portal sales, with portals in general. Where are they going? What's happening? Let's start there nice and broad and let's bring that in. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. So look, over the 20 years that I've been working in this digital space and within the media space, uh, with a lens on real estate for most of those 20 years, one of the things that um, I noticed at the turn of this century, right up until probably 2006, 2007, um, you would be absolutely crazy as a real estate agent. You would be crazy as a seller if you didn't have your property in the local newspaper. Yeah, that was the case right up until 2006, 2007. And I remember when I moved to Australia uh, in 2006, the real estate section in the Courier Mail here in Southeast Queensland was like a telephone directory. It was a hundred plus pages packed with properties that were open for inspection that that weekend. And uh, what we started to see from 2006 up to probably 2010, we started to see um, a drift away from print into what we now know is real estate portals such as realestate.com.au and Domain. And what we noticed was we saw that vendors and agents were starting to get confident confidence around the fact that you could actually sell your property at speed, get the right price without being in print. And so we saw that shift and that shift was from print to online. We are without question uh, in at the beginning of another shift where it's the same conversation that, that sellers and agents are having, but they're not talking about the risk of not being in print. What they're talking about is the risk of not being on a portal. And the alternative is uh, using CRM, using social media and using alternative channels 
to obviously sell their property. And so if you were to do if you were to draw a horizontal line from 2000 to 2020, I think there's been two significant shifts. The shift of print to portal and now we're seeing the shift from portal to uh, CRMs to databases to social media. Now that doesn't mean Stephen, that that uh, portals are finished. Far from it. I mean, portals have got a massive part to play in, in, in real estate over the next five to 10 years. But uh, you would be foolish not to believe there is a shift happening. Look, and from your perspective, Steve, you must feel as though you've walked this road before, just in a different medium. As you said earlier, you know, it wasn't that long ago, even though it was quite some time ago, that we're making that shift from paper to portal. And it all starts with that conversation. And I think with the conversation that we're having at the moment, and not only the conversation, it's the depth of that social space, that social element that it brings, that it took quite some time from the initial conversation with the papers for that shift to take place. One of the things I truly believe, I believe there's two things that will happen. The speed as to which things move to uh, maybe even if it's just that first stage of marketing, going to the CRM and going to social and being very successful, that shift will be a lot faster and a lot quicker than what we saw from the shift to papers to portal. And the second thing that I think that a lot of people are underestimating is the power and the strength that the portals have. You know, these people, these companies, they have a high level of intelligence within these organisations. The data analytics, the money that they have, the capabilities they have to strengthen um, to strengthen their, their market, the way that they're marketing to the clientele. There's many other avenues that they can go down right now. And you look at what's happening in America, you know, portals are now providing the capability of, of the portal valuing the property, the portal purchasing the property. So there's all these other things that are happening overseas that haven't even been put on the table and been discussed yet. We're discussing as agents about what's going to happen with off-market. I think there's a deeper level of conversation yet to be had yet. Absolutely. And look, there's a couple of points I'd make. The first thing is this. So uh, job ads in newspapers practically disappeared overnight. You know, the transition from print to online in recruitment ads was really, really quick. It was rapid. I think it caught a lot of publishers, newspaper uh, owners, uh, really on, on the back foot. I would say that car advertising uh, also shifted quite quickly from print to online. So, so you know, Seek uh, managed to take that mass uh, transition from print to online quickly. Car sales, ditto. Um, I think that real estate moved a lot slower, and there's a number of reasons why uh, that 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 happened. I think one of the things that we have to be aware of as we uh, move to this transition to more 
sellers and agents using social media as a way to sell property. And I stress, not necessarily as an alternative to portals, but definitely, definitely as a strong uh, method of selling is the number of millennials in the workplace. So Bernard Salt, leading demographer in Australia, will tell you that right now in 2020, 50% of the workforce were born after 1981. In 2025, uh, 60 plus percent of the workforce would have been born after 1981. So what that what does that mean? Well, it means two things. Number one, if more and more uh, younger people um, who um, are in the work uh, in the workforce means that more and more of them are going to be involved with the property ecosystem. And the one thing that we know about millennials or people that were born after 1981 is they are incredibly social media savvy. They're incredibly digital savvy. They are very comfortable with te technology. And this is the this is the critical one. People who fall into that bracket will not tolerate service providers that are behind the time times with um, the advancement of tech and digital. And so if you're a real estate professional that is uh, frightened of making the change, you're a little bit reluctant to move with the times, you run the risk of alienating yourself from this uh, mass of uh, millennials that are in the workplace that are going to be starting to buy and sell and lease property. 100%, you know, and you look at what's driving the change with tech, you just need to go right back to what people are being taught at school, you know, and uh, what they're being taught during that education. These people are being taught uh, about artificial intelligence. They're being taught how artificial intelligence is going to change the way we interact as humans with all our experiences. These people are now moving towards a cashless society. They're interacting and transacting completely differently. What they actually see, they see that the way that we transact with each other is a uh, is it wastes time? It disrupts what it is that they're there to do. So we need to take uh, take take them a moment to identify exactly what you've said. How do these people want to be transacted with? How do they want to be communicated with? Because when someone's making a decision, we need to move them from thinking to feeling. And if we're not even communicating with them or broadcasting what our product is in the right manner, we're going to be missing that audience altogether. Absolutely. And look, I'll give you a couple of great examples. So um, my eldest son, Ollie, is uh, 21 in a, month, in a month's time. And um, he, I, I talked to him about, you know, when you, when, you, when, when you start looking to buy property, Ollie, what will you uh, expect a, a real estate portal to deliver to you, Ollie? And what he said was, I expect the portal to know the type of property that either I can afford or the type of property that I'm going to be interested in. And what Ollie, my son, says is, I am not going to scroll through a website looking for property that might be suitable for me. 
I'm, I, I won't want to interact with those portals, Dad. I want a portal that knows what I'm after and serves it up on a plate. Now, we can look at that attitude and, and think, what a, what a lazy um, sort of, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? What a, what, a, what a lazy approach to life. But the bottom line is, these are the future customers of of real estate groups and we have to understand that and portals in 2023 i guarantee you will have to be different to what they are now otherwise millennials won't want to engage with them and you know I, I grew up with newspapers. My dad was an editor of a newspaper. Uh, I cut my teeth in, me, uh, in media uh, with newspapers. I met my wife through newspapers. I love newspapers, but but newspapers uh, were, were, were so slow to react. They were so slow to move that, that the death of newspapers has probably come earlier as a result of the lethargy towards change. And just maybe, just maybe back in 2005, 2006, if newspapers had really reimagined the way they published, they would probably still, it would probably still be a really healthy industry right now. And I think that real estate portals are in the same position that newspapers were in 2005, 2006. There's two ways they can go. They can either look at themselves and go, we are invincible and we are amazingly successful. We'll just continue to do what we've always done. That's route one, which is the, the route that newspapers took. Or they can be really bold and take an Amazon approach and, and decide that they need to change things up. They need to reinvent the way portals look to ensure that, that the likes of my son, the likes of your son, Liam, are engaged with portals as we move towards 2025 and beyond. Well, you know what? I think that big question, where will portals be? Is there a need for portals and will they survive? It really comes down to that. And you've already answered that in what you've just said. And uh, if they stay and do nothing, well, their fate is sealed. If they use the intelligence that they have, use the uh, the scope that they have in order to adapt and provide a service that's in line with what their clients are going to expect, well, then there's uh, a chance they'll be here for many years to come. I think for all real estate agents, all businesses, whether or not we're talking real estate specific right now or just business in general, one thing's for certain. Whatever stream of uh, media you're using outside of social, if you're not on social, jump on it. Start making sure that these things that you have access to are part of your mainstream process in promoting yourself, promoting your brand, and promoting your business. And I always say this about social, right? Who goes to realestate.com? Who goes to domain.com? People who are doing research on property. Who goes to social? Everyone. So it's a much bigger platform and it's a platform if it's used really well, target your audience, it can have a huge upward, uh, an upward in a positive way result for yourself and your clients. And there's agents already throughout the country really 
maximising um, this this way of marketing, this way of connecting with their audience in such a manner and the leverage that you can get. Think about this, Steve. Many, many years ago, right, it, you had to do something pretty miraculous to get noticed, to get famous. Social media has the capability of making everyone a star. And so when you're promoting a property, when you're promoting a product that you're selling, the whole idea is that you can uh, get some traction very quickly if you're very smart about it. Oh, absolutely. And look, you know, there are some very ordinary uh, uh, real estate professionals. And when I use the word ordinary, I don't mean that in a detrimental way. But, you know, Tom Panos, who's a good mate of mine, five years ago, he was just a real estate coach. But what Tom has done to catapult his influence to where he is today is use social media brilliantly. And he's used arguably social media better than any other real estate coach in Australia, probably in the world, which is why Tom is where Tom is today. You look at real estate agents like Lisa Novak. I mean, again, I know Lisa really well, and Lisa won't mind me saying this. Less than three years, Lisa Novak's been selling real estate. She, she, um, there are many, many real estate agents in the Northern Beaches who are arguably probably uh, better real estate agents than Lisa. But why is Lisa the most talked about real estate agent in the Northern Beaches? Why does she dominate that area? I tell you why. She's had a really good crack at getting ahead around social media. She's not frightened of, of giving something a go and failing and then bouncing back. And what social media has done, it's enabled people to build their influence really, really quickly. And, and, and I think that, you know, my, 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 my belief is this. I reckon that 75% of real estate professionals are using social media not particularly well at the moment. Uh, imagine what it's going to look like in the next five years when, when real estate agents start using social media really well. Um, how is that going to change the landscape of buying and selling property? Well, we don't know, but uh, it's going to play out. One thing's for certain, I believe the time is ticking and time has sped up because of COVID. And, uh, and I'm going to suggest that those that leave it too late it's going to be a, a very, very noisy space. It's going to be a very competitive space. And what you're going to need to do in the coming months, in the coming 12 months to stand out on social, it's going to be, it's going to have to have a, a, a lot greater impact. You're going to have to be a lot noisier to cut through all the noise in the next six to 12 months, 24 months, because, you know, with Lisa Novak, she's been, you know, setting the trend. With Tom Panos, he's been setting the the trend. I don't know Tom personally, but I do know that when he decided to go down that track, real estate gym, you know, a lot of people sat back that were in the space that were kind of like the newspaper, the newspaper tactic style of training where they were criticizing what he was doing. They were looking at what he was doing and they were saying he was devaluing training. So what he's actually done, he's been the trendsetter on changing the way that training has been delivered and what a very very successful formula and again you know you've got Lisa Novak as you said three years in the industry I interviewed Lisa um, in Lee Woods studio there at uh, the Real Estate Academy and I said to Lisa at the time you know 
how do you get started? What do you do? She said, I'll show you. You know what I'll show you? She said, get the phone, hold it up and just start. And I think that's the key thing, you know, uh, just get started. She said to me, they brought in these supposed experts uh, to talk to them about social. So having that thirst for knowledge, having that thirst for innovation. And she said, it wasn't, she didn't start cutting through until they started working with Tom and Tom said, listen, how about you just do it? Just get in and just do it. And she said, that's been the secret to getting started is getting started. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm reading um, a book at the moment all around the success of Amazon. And, um, you know, without question, the the leading lesson is all about what you've just described. Have a go, l- fail fast, learn quickly, and, and don't be embarrassed if people, uh, you know, mock you for what you're trying to achieve. And, um, you know, one of the best bits of business advice I ever got I was, uh, was from John McGrath, and we were talking about the bike ride. And I, I said to John, look, John, I want to create this bike ride and, and it's going to be, um, you know, something that uh, we do within uh, the Australian real estate industry. And, and John challenged me and he said, why don't you dream bigger, Steve? Why don't you think bigger? And we, we concluded that or I concluded as a result of John prompting me uh, to say, right, I'm going to make uh, the, 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 the biggest real estate charity event in the world. That's what I'm going to do. And John said to me, he said, Steve, if people take the piss, if people laugh at your ambition, you know you've got your dream at the level it should be. Because if people aren't mimicking, if people aren't mocking, then your dream is not as big as it potentially could be. Wow. And I think that what 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 Lisa's doing is, is Lisa, um, the fact that she's only been in the business for three years is not holding her back. She she she's she she has this ambition to be the leading real estate social media expert in in the world yeah and she's not embarrassed about saying that and if people want to laugh that just motivates her to keep going you know and what great advice you know in relation to setting your goal your vision making it big enough as children that's what we all do children we identify and we know we just want to be happy we just want to be self and at some point we lose our way trying to fit in and as you've said all the way through this If you fit in, you're going to be like the newspapers. It's time to stop fitting in and start standing out. I want to finish off on two topics. And uh, the two things I want to talk about is, number one, uh, COVID-19, the reset button. Are we going to be fitter and stronger? I want to talk about that briefly. And then, of course, I want to talk about Digital Live. I want to talk about Hands Across the Water. I want to talk about the great work that you're doing there and encourage as many people as possible to come along in 2021. But before we get to that one, COVID-19, the reset button, fitter and stronger. Let's get stuck into that one. What's your opinion on 
if we're going to be fitter or stronger. I guess we need to be very, very careful and empathetic on this particular topic because we've probably had a level one. Now, if someone's lost a family member, if your business has hit the wall, it's a level 10 for you. And my heart goes out to you, you know, I understand it's a level 10. But as a country, on a whole, it's been a level one. That concerns me. It worries me for the innovation of Australian businesses, the the depth and strength of our ongoing economy, because those places that have been hit a bit bit harder, okay, and I don't wish that that had happened. That'd be a pretty sick thing to wish. But I'm just I'm just wondering. Are we going to get in and innovate at the level that we need to? Are we going to get in and pivot at the level that we need to in order to not only look after ourselves locally, but nationally, the greater good of our country? Are we going to be innovating as hard as, say, the countries that have had no choice but to do things completely different than what they've been doing. Steve, I'm going to hand that one over to you. Yeah, massive question. Look, I think there's no doubt that if we were to rank countries on who uh, responded as a country to COVID-19 best and worst, um, you know, Australia and New Zealand are going to be right up there in the top five, absolutely. And my home country, the UK, is going to be right at the bottom. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I think there's another league table that we'll be able to look at in 24 months' time, and that will be when we look at the industries within Australia. So we're now talking we're now talking 2022. So imagine we're in 2022, and we're looking back and, and looking at the industries that have um, used the pause button or the reset button that COVID uh, threw up. Uh, who who who's responded, reimagined um, the best, and who uh, hasn't? I think that you're going to see the travel industry right up there for reinvention, reimagination, repurposing, uh, responding, and so on and so forth. So I think if we're in 2022, I think you'll find that the travel industry would have done an amazing job. Why? Because that industry has been absolutely smashed. Oh, slaughtered. And, and it's really... It's really a case of, well, we, we stand up um, and, and we fight or we die. It's as simple as that. I'm not sure where real estate will um, fit on that league table. My worry is I think the majority of real estate agents and real estate businesses will just return to the way it was all done prior to uh, to COVID. And if that's the case, I hope I'm proven wrong, but if that's the case, that will be a great shame because, you know, Sir Winston Churchill said, you know, no one wants a crisis. No one wants a crisis, but crises come uh, and when they do, make sure you don't waste that opportunity. And uh, I, I do feel that what I'm seeing now is um, more real estate agents returning to how they were doing things prior to Valentine's Day, <laughs> as opposed to real estate agents who are absolutely pivoting and trying new stuff. But we will we will see. And, and obviously, programs like Digital Live, which is a 12-week education program that I run um, kicking off in October, is designed to try and um, 
and help real estate principal and agents pivot, reimagine to the absolute max. And um, and so hopefully I'm doing my little bit to uh, make sure that we're up there on that league table and we're not mid-table or worse, bottom of the table. Well, you're most definitely doing more than your little bit. And uh, anyone that's listening to this, I'd strongly suggest that you get uh, to one of your sessions with Digital Live because a lot of the things that we've been discussing today, you've got some of the best people in the country on those topics. Uh, providing that information as well as yourself on how to repivot, how to reimagine. And sometimes it's difficult to reimagine what it is that you can't see. So for someone to bring that vision forward, to bring that more up centre and up front for you, it gives you the ability to see what it is that you can't see. One thing that I'd like to talk about, I was very fortunate to uh, be interviewing Suzette Noble. So who's Suzette Noble? She's one of the most awarded leaders um, that worked in the Disney Disney business and and she's currently contracting directly to Krispy Kreme at the moment. So she's retired from uh, a leader uh, at one of the highest levels in Disney and now working for Krispy Kreme. She was working out of New York, the epicentre. Talk about reinventing, talking at Talk about pivoting. We're talking about more than just donuts here, and uh, and the ship that uh, Donald Trump welcomed into the harbour there, into the port at New York. One of their campaigns, they're sitting there. They're saying, "We've got to reimagine. We've got to pivot. We've also got to show heart. We've got to do." acts of kindness in the midst of all of this. What can we do? So one of the challenges that was thrown to Suzette was, could you imagine that ship that has 300 beds? Could you imagine all the workers? Could you imagine the Navy SEALs? Could you imagine what everyone's going under right now? Imagine if we could inspire hope in these people. Imagine if we could show them that the nation's here for them. Maybe Krispy Kreme could somehow do that. So they got access to that ship and they got everyone serviced with love uh, with the Krispy Kreme product. They went down to NYPD. They went down to what we were seeing, um, seeing um, on the news, on social media, where they were converting these places to a thousand beds. They had all the support workers um, personally packaged, personally delivered, following protocol. But here's what she said. They estimated that in New York alone they were going to lose $4 million. They lost two million, two mil, just $2 million, uh, by this one simple campaign. But as she said, you know, um, they pivoted, they, they moved, they responded. They took on an onus responsibility to what was going on. And even though we're only talking Krispy Kreme donuts, I just might have you know that the person she's personally consulting to bought that business for $1.4 billion. So we're talking someone that's consulting to a huge business that was navigating it through it in its epicenter and uh and you know like you've said all the way through this steve we need to make sure that uh we're not being outclassed by donuts (laughs) absolutely (laughs) that's a great that's a great way of uh way of putting it you know i just i look at that story and i go you, you think about it right the president of america can't get on that ship 
Well, Suzette yeah. Noble got her team on that ship. And you got to have – when she was throwing that challenge, when I was interviewing her and her husband, Norm Noble, who he uh, is the most awarded leader in the Disney resorts. He was running three of the resorts at the same time. And um, and he said, you know what, Steve? When Suzette's throwing a challenge, you step aside. And when they said, imagine if we could get on the ship, she said, I've already imagined it. So uh, – so that's a pretty big thing for those of you that don't understand no civilian ever gets near that ship unless you're a patient um last but not least i thought we should talk about the amazing work you do with digital live and hands across the water steve again that's your area that's where your passion is throwing that one back over to you yeah well look we've um I got I got um, to see some photographs yesterday of uh, the learning centre that you and I were both in two or three months ago. Uh, if you recall, two or three months ago, that learning centre was just a skeleton of a building. Um, it now has windows. It now has a roof. And in the next couple of months, uh, there will be uh, orphaned children uh, learning in that um, that centre. Uh, courtesy of the Australian real estate industry because the Australian real estate industry, either through supporting the bike ride, either riding the bike ride or sponsoring somebody to do the bike ride or uh, attending the Digital Live Education Program, has contributed to uh, the education of kids who otherwise wouldn't have got uh, education. And, you know, um, there's a great quote from Nelson Mandela, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Uh, And without question, a lot of uh, the world needs changing right now and education is without question the way forward. And, um, you know, I think it's a great way to wrap up this podcast by saying, There will be um, girls at the age of 15 and 16 who will leave this orphanage who, if if it wasn't for the fact of the generosity of the real estate industry, would just fall into prostitution or drugs because that really is about the choice that they've got. Mm. What we'll do through them going through this education program through the classroom, it's only the, we've only built one, but hey, look, if we're going to make this the biggest real estate charity event on the planet, who says we can't build 10 classrooms over the next 10 years? What it means is 15 and 16 year old girls will have a choice. They'll be able to turn their back on prostitution, turn their back on drugs. They'll be able to get a job because they'll be computer literate. They'll know how to use technology. And uh, that, I think, is a, a great, um, you know, a great Um, contribution that this magnificent Australian real estate industry uh, that we're both in has made and that's what uh, uh, Digital Live is all about. And let me tell you, you know, to put some more context to it, why I believe it's important to get out there. You know, I was speaking to uh, my cousin and uh, he's very high up in the, the medical world here in our country and and he gets it, you know, like he said to me, you know, our government um, you know, the way that we are as a community, the resources that we have, there are choices for people here. You know, there are facilities and programs here for everyone should you want to be part of that program or that facility. Uh, but over there, you know, someone said to me, 
outside of my cars. You know, why, why are you doing this? And I said, well, you know, over there, the government has nothing in place for these people, for these children. If it wasn't for the likes of Claire Baines, if it wasn't for the likes of Peter Baines, wasn't for the likes of people like Steve Carroll promoting it, people like Lee Woodward uh, speaking it wherever he goes, you know. Um, you know, these children, and in particular the Baineses, you know, these children would be left on the streets. Um, they wouldn't have the medication they need to even get them to adulthood. They would perish. And as a matter of fact, from my memory, one of the ladies, a uh, phenomenal lady, wow, absolutely heroic, uh, that, that is over at Home Hug, you know, prior to the assistance yep. of the Baineses, uh, her and one of the students, one of the people that have been helping her, they had buried how many children, Steve? Was- yeah, over a thousand, over a thousand children that um, – the, the the head of um, and may may feel may yes, feel yes yes the, 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 the nun who had given her life to uh, this particular home that we cycled in had, had actually buried over a thousand children and we're talking and, you know, personally they, we're talking about feel, we're what t- Mayfield told Peter Baines was you know Peter before you and hands across the water um, came to the rescue. I had to make the decision between food and medicine, and the kids couldn't have both. Could not have both. They had to either have food or medicine. And um, and she said, "What what we now can do as a result of Hands Across the Water, and, and obviously supporters of Hands Across the Water like Digital Live, is we can have both. We can have medicine. We can have food. And hey, look now we can have education. So we've gone from one to three. And, uh, and that's the power of the work that Peter and Claire have done. And uh, that's why uh, me and you and all the other people that you've talked about uh, are jumping on our bikes again in 2021 and uh, we'll continue the good work. Steve, thanks for your time today. Appreciate the chat. We've uh, solved the problems of the world. We've worked on innovation. Uh, We're drumming up uh, the support on building what will be most definitely uh, the biggest charity in the world that real estate agents have ever supported. Thank you for your time. Appreciate your thoughts and your contribution. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen. If you like what you've heard today, remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, Remember, hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.